0: I really appreciate everyone's attendance this morning, and I hope that our study will prove uh, beneficial to you. I'm going to be examining some scripture found in 1 Peter, the third chapter, verses 18 through 21. I guess if I turn this on, it would help. This morning, I want to look at these verses and see if we can gain a better understanding of what the Apostle Peter was trying, the message he was trying to get across uh, to those people he was writing to. In 1 Peter 3, verse 18 through 21, Peter said, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom he went and preached to the, soul, to the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient when once the divine longsuffering w- waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. There is an also, there's also an antitype or a like figure Uh, which now saves us, baptism. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, this reading on the surface seems confusing to many. And because of these verses, it has led many to have a misconception of what he's talking about. And as we study these verses, I want to try to answer three questions. Number one, does 1 Peter 3 teach a second chance for salvation? And did Jesus preach repentance from the grave to departed spirits in prison? Number two, who were the spirits in prison? And number three, how does the spirit work in our salvation? Number... I think that jumped ahead. Number one, how does does 1 Peter 3 teach a second chance? And did Jesus preach to the spirits in Hades? Those spirits in prison. Many take these verses to mean that while Jesus was in the grave, when he went to Hades, that he preached to those spirits that were in Locked away in Hades. So thus we have a second chance doctrine. And it materializes. During my research about the second chance doctrine. I found some published information. About their beliefs. The said second chance doctrine states that those who have not sinned too greatly. And were not clearly taught Bible truth will be given a second chance during the thousand-year reign of Christ to be faithful to God. If those same people who received a second chance fail again, they will then be annihilated. If they succeed the second time, they will live on forever. Imagine what a doctrine like that would mean to people. How would that affect you? If that was true, if there was a second chance, how would that affect you? Well, I suspect it would affect each one of us quite a bit. First of all, it would remove any fear of being eternally lost. Second of all, it would remove any concern being obedient to God this side of the grave. If a second chance were true why would a person try to enter the straight gate that Jesus talked about? Why would we go into all the world and preach the gospel if there was a second chance after death? Paul said in the last days perilous times would come that there would be people that would not endure sound doctrine but they would have itching ears they would seek out teachers that would tell them what they wanted to hear. A smooth doctrine. Something that was pleasant to the ears. And folks, I'm going to tell you this doctrine of a second chance is a very much an ear tickler. But I'm going to tell you it's just another lie from Satan. There are some variations in this doctrine. But the bottom line is they all teach a second chance after death. Another example I found in my research, and it has a a different slant on it, slightly. But in this doctrine, it teaches that the soul is going to an intermediate place uh, after death for purification. And the place is called purgatory. Purgatory. And before uh, uh, it's got the soul has got to go there to be purified before it can move on to heaven. They teach that after death souls may go to purgatory, a place where they are cleansed of their sins and made ready for heaven. Praying for the dead is is a way to help those souls in purgatory. The prayers of the living can help the dead to be released from purgatory and enter heaven, and also. Help them by almsgiving, indulgences, works of penance. This doctrine teaches that uh, uh, the soul goes to an intermediate place to be cleansed. But he says the, the people that's alive can help you go on to heaven. He says through their prayers, through their giving of money, through doing works of penance, they can help the souls move on. That is the doctrine that man teaches today. It's a dangerous doctrine because people fail to uh, see the necessity of being obedient to God on this side of the grave. But according to Scripture, there was clearly no second chance given to the rich man in Luke 16 who died. And in torment, he begged for mercy. Note that there was no intermediate place that he went to before uh, reaching Hades. The Bible says the rich man also died and was buried and being uh, in torments in Hades. He lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off in Lazarus' bosom. And all of his cries for uh, mercy and for relief were denied. In Luke, the 16th chapter, verse 24 through 26, the Bible says, Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, And you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you is a great gulf fixed. And besides, uh, so that those who want to pass from uh, here to you cannot. Nor can those from there pass to us. The Bible teaches that hearing and obeying God must take place this side of the grave. Peter referred to Noah as a preacher of righteousness and said that he preached righteousness right up until the time that he entered the ark and the flood was being brought in on the ungodly. In 2 Peter 2 verse 5, Peter said, and did not spare the uh, the ancient world But save Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. These people heard the preaching while they were alive and had opportunity to obey. When we examine Scripture, we find that after death, our eternal destination is determined. Scripture doesn't teach we will be given a second chance nor that we will move on after being cleansed of our sins in purgatory. Remember what Abraham told the rich man uh, in Luke 16. He said, "There is a great gulf fixed. it says, those that want to pass from here to you cannot. And those that want to come from where you're at to us, they cannot. It's not going to happen, folks. Now, I want to examine 1 Peter 3. If you want to get your Bibles out and follow along, we're going to be jumping back and forth in 1 Peter 3. But verse number 18, uh, Peter said that Christ also suffered for sins, and he was put to death. But notice what he said. He said he is made alive by the Spirit. The Apostle Paul taught the same things in in Romans 8, verse 11. He said, but if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised up Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal mortal bodies. Mortal bodies, pardon me. uh, Through his Spirit who dwells in you. Number two, who were the spirits in prison? Well, in in first number uh, 19, he says by whom he also went and preached to the spirits in prison. That word by whom denotes the same spirit that made Christ alive was the spirit that preached to the souls in prison. In Hebrews 2, verse 14 through 15, the Bible says, Inasmuch as then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Notice what the writer of Hebrews said. He said they were all their lifetime subject to bondage. These people had been made prisoners by sin all their lifetime. They feared death because at that time there was no forgiveness of sins. There was no redemption. There was no uh, eternal life for them after the grave. In heaven. Their redemption was not sealed at that time. So they feared death. But Christ changed all that when he came and took that power of death away from Satan by his resurrection. And the writer of Hebrews was not talking about uh, departed souls in Hades. He was talking about those people that were locked away in sin. And he said all their lifetime they were subject to this bondage. And that happened until Christ came. In 1 Peter, uh, let see, verse number 20. He says, who formerly were disobedient. When once the long-suffering waited in the days of Noah. While the ark was being prepared. In which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. Not only were these spirits held in prison by sin. But Peter describes them as being disobedient. During the time when the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared. Here are some keys that I think will help us understand what Peter was saying. First of all, we need to understand that there was two different spirits talked about in First Peter 3. Number one, the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And number two, the spirits in prison that were preached to him. The spirits in prison were live human beings and not departed souls in Hades. They were disobedient. He asked, when? When were they disobedient? Well, Peter says, during the time that God was long suffering with them, giving them opportunity to repent while waiting for Noah to finish the ark. Peter is talking about this preaching taking place in the days of Noah, in Noah's generation. Noah and his family believed God. You know, God told Noah, he says, build an ark. I'm fixing to destroy the world. But he says, you build an ark, and I'm going to save you. Well, Noah believed what God said, and he obeyed him. He done what God told him to do. And the end result was that he was saved. They were live human beings. He calls them souls. But they were alive at that time. It's true that Jesus went to Hades after, uh, after his death. In Acts the second chapter on the day of Pentecost when Peter was, I mean, was delivering the first gospel sermon, he applied the prophecy in uh, Psalm 16 and verse 10 where it says, For you will not leave my soul in Shiloh, Sheol, uh, now, I'm not going to say that that's the correct per- pronunciation, but uh, in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to seek corruption. Now, Peter applied this uh, scripture to Jesus, that he was not going to be left in Hades, that he was going to be resurrected, and his body would not seek c- corruption. However, in uh, Acts 2, 31, Peter said nothing about Jesus' preaching to uh, to those souls in Hades, or in Sheol, which uh, is translated the abode of the dead, or Hades. The only people that the Scripture says were preached to were those who were held in prison by sin, Those who were disobedient when the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being finished. If Jesus was preaching to the lost souls in Hades, the question that comes to my mind, why would he only preach to those spirits in Hades of Noah's day? What about the spirits in Hades that were before the days of Noah? What about the spirits in Hades that were after the days of Noah? Would that not make God a respecter of persons? The Apostle Paul said in Romans 2 verse 11, For there is no partiality with God. Jesus didn't personally preach in the days of Noah. He did preach... Nor did he preach to the spirits in prison. But the Spirit sent down from heaven did inspire Noah to preach repentance to the people of his generation, which were disobedient, live human beings made prisoners by sin. In Isaiah 42, verse 6 through 7, the the prophet says, uh, prophesying for God, He says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes to bring out prisoners from the prison. Those that sit in darkness from the prison house. This was a prophecy of Jesus. And notice what he said concerning Christ. He says, I will keep you. And I will give you as a covenant to the people. As a light to the Gentiles. To open their eyes. To bring them out of, pri- uh, out of prison. Out of darkness, those that sit in the prison house. If Peter's message in 1 Peter 3 was that Jesus preached to the souls or the spirits in prison in Hades. This would contradict this prophecy. Because Isaiah said the purpose of Jesus was to bring out the prisoners from the prison and those that sit in darkness from the prison house. Christ's purpose was in his uh, being sent by God was to be the new covenant, to set up the new covenant, to open people's eyes to the truth, to bring them out of sin, And make them whole again. But you know, when you read those scriptures, 1 Peter 3 says nothing about Jesus bringing those spirits out of prison. If Jesus preached to those spirits in prison, and that was the spirits in Hades, why did he not fulfill his mission? Why did he not bring those spirits out? Because Isaiah said that was going to be his purpose, was to bring the people out of prison. The message in 1 Peter 3 cannot mean that Jesus preached to the spirits in prison. Notice that David was very much alive when he prayed to God and said, Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise your name. Number three, how does the Spirit work in our salvation? Peter uh, says our salvation is a like figure to to what Noah's salvation was. 1 Corinthians 1, verses 18 and verse 21, Paul says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved is the power of God. Verse 21, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save uh, them that believe. In Nehemiah 9, verse 30, the Bible says, Yet for many years you had patience with them and testified against them, by your spirit in your prophets. Yet they would not listen. Is that not what happened in the days of Noah? The spirit was in him. And he preached righteousness to those spirits in prison. Did they listen to him? No. They done just exactly what Nehemiah said. Said you testified to him. By the spirit that was in the prophets. And they didn't listen. I want us to notice uh, so a few verses to kind of show the process that I'm talking about. In Hebrews 1, verse 1 and 2, we realize that Noah had to hear God's word. What God said to him. In Hebrews 1, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, God who in various times and in various ways spoke to in times past to the fathers by the prophets. Has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. John 3, verse 34, For he whom God hath sent speaks the words of God, for God does not give the Spirit by measure. You know, God gave Jesus... A full measure of his spirit. After Jesus ascended to heaven. After his ministry. And he ascended to heaven. He made a promise to his apostles. He said I'm going to send you a comforter. And he's going to guide you into all truth. So when Jesus went back to heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit to guide the apostles into all truth. And they passed it on to us. In Ephesians 3, verse 3 and 5, Paul said, How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery as I I have briefly written already, by which when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ or in the plan of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it is now being revealed by the Spirit to His holy apostles and prophets. 1 Peter um, Peter 1, verse 10 through 12. Peter said, Of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that was to come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating uh, when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them was to them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel. To you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things which the angels desire to look into. Now I realize it was a lengthy reading. But I want you to notice what Peter was saying. He said these prophets they they testified of your salvation. They wanted to know what he was uh, about that salvation. But all they did was prophesy about it. It wasn't for them because the time wasn't wasn't ready or it wasn't uh, right that God would send his son but he said the Spirit of Christ who was in them and I believe he was talking about the uh, Apostles and the, the prophets he said the Spirit of Christ that was in them preached the gospel To you by the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven. That's how the the Spirit works. It was sent to the apostles. The Spirit guided them into all truth. The apostles wrote it down for us. That when we read we may understand what God wants us to do. When the word is preached. The Holy Spirit convicts honest hearts. Now I want you to notice that. He convicts honest hearts. Those that are truly looking for salvation. Not those that would not endure sound doctrine. Because he'll have no effect on them. They're not going to endure that sound doctrine. But honest hearts, he's going to convict them of sin. And once he does that, those people, once they're convicted of their sin, They believe that that they got to do something uh, to, to make things right with God. And then they believe that Jesus is the remedy for sin. And once they believe that and obey that, the blood of Christ washes away their sins. And God gives them a clear conscience. And Christ's blood Is all there is that will save us. But the the Spirit guides us uh, to be convicted in our hearts of our sins and be obedient to the gospel. In 1 Peter 1, verse 20 through 21, Peter said, Knowing this first, no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy never came by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moved the the prophets to speak God's word to the people. The Holy Spirit moved the apostles to preach the gospel and write it down for us. They preached the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Just like the Holy Spirit moved Noah to preach righteousness to the disobedient people of his generation. As we examine 1 Peter 3, the message is relatively simple. If we're careful not to add something to this scripture that's not there. To make it say something that is not there. And I hope our study has helped us to better understand What Peter was talking about. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Was the same spirit that inspired Noah to preach righteousness. To the disobedient souls of his generation. Those spirits in prison. Those in bondage of sin. And the spirit's message was the same as it is today. Repent and be saved. Then Peter compares it to our salvation. And I believe that was the whole point of this scripture. That he was talking about the days of Noah. And how Noah was saved. And he said there's a like figure that saves us. There's the same process. But he compares it to our salvation today. Noah believed God. He obeyed God. And God saved him from the flood. Our salvation works the same way when we hear God's word and his instructions and believe that we with all of our heart that we need to make a change and do something different and be obedient to him. And when we obey that what God has told us to do when we obey that the blood of Christ will cleanse us and also save us uh, in the end. But the Bible tells us that someday the earth will again be destroyed. But this time it won't be destroyed by water. He said it's going to be desto- destroyed by fire. And he said that was going to take place when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 7 and 8. When we obey the gospel, which is a reenactment of the death of Errol and the resurrection of Jesus, then baptism will bring us in contact with the blood of Christ. Our sins are washed away and God will give us a clear conscience. You know, Israel was warned, prepare to meet your God. Jesus pleads with us today to do the same. Prepare to meet your God. It's important, folks, that we do that on this side of the grave where there will be no second chance. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. The question that... that is before you this morning. Will you open that door and allow him in? Jesus will release us from sin. He will give us a clear conscience. He will, uh, through his blood, he will cleanse us and make us acceptable and pleasing to God. We plead with you, if you have not obeyed the gospel this morning, please take care of that before you leave. You may have a desire for prayers of this congregation to help help you, strengthen you. Let us pray for you on, on your behalf. Whatever the spiritual need that you have in your life, prepare to meet God and take care of it this morning as we stand and sing.